my goodness. What is going on, everybody? Today we got the very, very awesome Math McKinnon. How are you today? I am doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing awesome. I'm just hanging out. Coming off a uh, little road trip that I had over the weekend. And uh, yeah, I had to make it happen. I was driving through like a dust storm last night coming from, from the Reno area to Las Vegas. I was like, fuck, I got to make it for the oh podcast. Dude, I was like, this is really sketchy. But see, like I, I do a little uh, truck driving when I'm not podcasting. So like I've been in like serious fog situations. So I was like, I got this shit. I got this shit. So that yeah. That sounds terrifying. I'm- it is a little terrifying, honestly, but you know what, man? Like you, you got to make it happen. So you know, here I am, and uh, I'm I'm super honored that you'd be on this podcast. How are you today? Um, I'm doing super well. I'm just like transitioning back into like the week. I I never know what day it is because I feel like when you do content for work, there's no like there's nothing that's like holding you to a schedule. So my fans like make fun of me because I I never know what day it is. So. No, honestly, that's a good point that you make right there, because I was just thinking that, like, as I was driving back last night, I was thinking to myself, like, when you're a content creator and you do this, you know, for a living, like, you literally got to treat this like, like, you got to be there on time, you got to show up, you got to act like you're about to get fired or or what have you, you (laughs) because you could fire yourself at the end of the day if you're not. Yeah, Yeah, right. So, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very true. So how has your journey of uh, a math McKinnon been going and proving to people that nerds can be sexy, too? <laughs> um, It's been amazing, honestly. Like, it has been really unexpected. So I um, got my education in mathematics, and I had every intent of being an actuary for my whole career. Um, okay. And that was kind of the vision that I always had for myself. And so I was working for um, a firm and kind of doing like the corporate thing, you know, the eight to five for seven mm-hmm. years. And then during that time, um, like, like just over three years ago, I started making content. Um, and I actually did not start in the foot fetish community. So my journey has been, I think, different than a lot of people. When I started making content, I didn't even know about foot fetishes. Like I had absolutely no knowledge of any of it. And I started out on Reddit and as time went on, I started getting more and more people noticing my feet and it wasn't necessarily like my, my content wasn't foot focused, but I would have my feet in content. And so I started doing, you know, a couple of like foot fetish customs and like, I, and, and then I started like doing a couple of pre-mades and then like, you know, then I realized like I had a, a huge passion for it. Um, I have a foot fetish myself that I've discovered and um, so yeah, so I've kind of transitioned into, I still do a lot of like hardcore explicit content that's not foot related, but I also, mm-hmm. you know, counterbalance that with a ton of foot fetish content as well. So, um, so yeah, it's been really fun for me and, um, yeah. And then just over a year ago, so I guess January, 2021 was when I officially quit my corporate job to do this full time. And it's been mm. best decision I've ever made. Like it's, you know, financially and just in terms of like flexibility and, um, my just personal fulfillment, getting to use like all these different parts of my brain has been amazing. So I feel you on that. Doesn't it feel good to like know that you're not making the next person rich, but you know, you're doing what you love to do and you're just pretty yes. much fulfilling your own passions, man. That's the best feeling yeah, because I feel like is. we've all done that before at a certain point, you know, 
And I've, you know, done it for most of my life. And, you know, so being able to like come on here, do a podcast and, you know, have awesome guests and, you know, provide a platform for people to have a voice and show that there's more than just feet content or whatever kind of content that you make, like is honestly fulfilling for me too. So you said that it didn't start with the foot content. So what exactly like kind of content did you start with? Like where was like the starting point? So when I started out, I basically, was, I was putting content out on Reddit, but my business goal was just to get custom, do custom videos. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's how it started. And that's how it was for about a year. My, I, I ran my whole business on just on custom videos. Um, and so, you know, that was a lot of, is, is it kind of the, the foot fetish component of it got stronger? Um, I was doing less, you know, masturbation boy girl content um like you know um everything under the sun but in transitioning into more you know foot focused content but um yeah i i kind of forgot what you asked i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) no it was honestly i forgot what i asked too i just (laughs) i mean honestly man we're we're just having fun with it right now um like so Oh, it was about like where you started and, and yeah. what have you. Um, I, I thought like when I saw the math mechanic and then you said that, you know, you were a mathematician, you know, showing that mathematician nerds could be sexy too. I was like, man, that's super dope. I was wondering, and I wonder if other people wonder like, okay, is she like really mathematician or is it a play on yeah. words? Is it like a play on words showing that like, oh, she's like adding, running up the money or, you know, things, things of that sort. Do you ever get those questions? I do get those questions a lot. So I, um, I am a mathematician. I'm, I have multiple degrees and credentials as an actuary, but, um, I, the username was my husband's idea and Mm. it was like super cute and like punny. Like I was like, Oh, love that. You know? So, uh, I get a lot of math questions and I've also made some math focused content, which is really fun. I've done, um, I've done a couple like videos where I had to, solve a very complex like um you know calculus problem or some kind of proof or something while i have like a sex toy like right, <laughs> you know right. going and so it's kind of it's been really fun to kind of show off like that side of my you know my my talents while simultaneously showing off the sexual side of me so um and then i think i did also once i made a video where <laughs> I was um, making a boy girl like sex tape while simultaneously attempting to solve a Rubik's cube. So oh, I don't know. I, I, I like to bring in like the different components of that as well. Like it's a lot of fun for me, but I also get a ton of people that are in my DMs, like asking me if I can tutor them like for free and stuff. And I'm like, Nope. And I, I always say like, I guarantee my rates are a lot more expensive than your like local neighborhood tutor. So you should <laughs> probably what, go over there. <laughs> what do you think the rate would be for like an exclusive math McKinnon tutoring session? I mean, I honestly, I'd probably do it for my custom videos are 20 bucks a minute with a five minute minimum. So I'd probably do it for that. Like I would be, I would be happy to do it, but, um, you know, that's, that's not the focus of my content. It's a, it's a huge right. part of who I am as a person. Um, but you know, I, I want people to remember like why I'm here and that's to make, you know, hot foot fetish and non foot fetish content. So honestly, that's like leading me to my next question. What's like the main goal where you're trying to get, like, is there like a certain plateau that you're trying to reach? No. Um, I think, you know, 
essentially my goal is just to be able to live comfortably with my husband and not have to um, worry too much about finances and be able to travel and, um, you know, just get out of life what we want to get out of life. I don't think, you know, I, neither of us are particularly greedy and I don't think, you know, having an insane amount of money is, is a goal of either of ours. Um, but we just, we just want to be happy and this is how we've figured out how to do it. And honestly, like the fact that I, that we are able to like support ourselves doing this, this business and simultaneously make like beautiful friendships with fans and beautiful relationships and friendships with other models, which has been like a huge part of my life over the past year. Um, I mean, it's crazy. Like I, I feel so lucky, you know, a lot of, a lot of the traveling that we do is for like collabing. And so it's just like, I get to see different parts of, you know, the U S and right. yeah, it's, it's a dream for sure. Honestly, I mean, you truly are really lucky and you're really lucky to have a husband who's secure, you know, to, uh, you know, allow you to create this kind of content because there's a lot of insecure guys out there that they can never imagine, you know, the the type of like self-containment that it takes to, you know, allow their partner, their wife or what what have you, you know, to be able to make this kind of content like like, what was the conversation like with you and your husband? If, you know, if that's not asking too much when it came no, to that's making- not at all. So, um, so, so my husband, it was actually my husband's idea to start making content. And I think he's always been a, just very secure in himself and jealousy has never really been, um, you know, particularly something that has been an issue in our relationship. Um, so that part was never, that part was never even questioned. Um, and then just, I think, so my husband and I have been together for, eight years, but about two and a half years ago, we actually became open. So now we're in an open relationship, which has been really awesome because it, I mean, it allows us both to explore kinks that we both have that the other doesn't have. An example is a foot fetish. I like, I'm on the daily, I'm devastated that my husband doesn't have a foot fetish, but the fact that I'm able to explore that fetish with other people is huge for me. Um, and just my, like, you know, my pleasure um but also the fact that i can make content with other men like i think a lot of a lot of foot models in in and just models and you know not just foot models but make content with other women and that's a pretty normal thing but a lot of them are in monogamous relationships and so um i think i kind of offer something that that a lot of other people don't because i do make content with other men as well um so i think you know i it's it's fun because we've been able to kind of our, our open relationship is something that we get to do in our personal life that's, you know, non-work related, but then also comes into play with work because I, you know, I can, you know, find guys that maybe would want to be in a video with me or something like that. Right. So, um, but I understand that, like, I have a very unique perspective because I don't think that this is like, this is not the norm. And I, you know, being friends with so many other models and working with so many other models who are in monogamous relationships, um, you know, a lot of times when we have the conversation about boundaries, I I just always notice how people frame it because I think that boundaries should be a discussion between two individuals where, you know, you can come to a consensus on what both people are comfortable with. But I think oftentimes girls don't realize how harmful it is even just to frame it as, oh, my boyfriend won't let me do that. Or my, my husband yeah. won't allow me to do that. And I always just want to say, like, let you. Does, does he own you? I, I didn't honestly, know that was, honestly, you, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, so I always kind of try to like, just help people to remember, like as sex workers, like we have bodily autonomy. Our partner should never be making our decisions for us. We should be making our decisions Ever. together. 
ever. It, it's just like those states who are trying to control whether uh, women can get abortions or not. Like, dude, are you are you Texas right now? Right? <laughs> women should yeah. take full control over whatever it is that they want to do. So, like, how did you two like get to that? get to that like understanding like did it take a lot of years to reach that understanding because you know i'm married as well and me and my wife like we have like the best relationship ever and i don't know if one day it's going to be in a uh, in a open kind of uh you know setting with each other but you know we have discussed it um you know so like i i wonder like you know as somebody who's married and i have a very secure wife i'm a very secure husband like how long did that take so it was, I want to say like, we were monogamous for six years. So monogamy was like the norm for us. And people ask me that all the time. Like, oh, have you guys always been open? And it's like, actually, no, like we, we were a fully monogamous couple for a long time. And I think we both um, anticipated that that would be what we were forever. Um, but it just started, it started slow. It started with like, like just engaging in fantasies with each other like while we were you know having sex and we would talk about you know what it would be like to have another guy here right now or what it would be like to have another girl here right now and and it you know it was just a fantasy but we both started just thinking about it more and more and we're like how do we how do we think we would feel if we like actually did that and I think you know it I mean it's been a, just an ongoing conversation and the thing is is like an open relationship in my opinion like it's it's not something that you guys set and then it stays that way. It's like an ever morphing, um, mm. you know, real sort of setup. Um, and so, you know, maybe there's times in the relationship where one one party in the couple is, you know, having some mental health struggles or something like that. Like that yeah. that would be a time where I would say, okay, let's work, let's temporarily close because obviously there's more important things for us to focus on right now than right. you know engaging in our sexual desires with other people. Let's focus Absolutely. on each other for a while. So I, I think the important part about it is just doing kind of regular, you know, pulse checks with each other to say, mm. like, how are we feeling about this? Are we still comfortable with the way that we're doing it right now? Should we scale it back? Should do we want to do more? So, um, yeah, it's 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 just it's not something that you set and leave like it's it, it's always changing and, and growing and, and shifting. I absolutely love that. Every single question that I'm thinking in my head or next point I want to make, <laughs> like you're covering it before I even say it. And that's fucking awesome. Because I wanted to ask, like, after the first time, like, was there a discussion afterwards? Like, all right, so how do we feel about this? Like, what was the discussion? Yeah. So kind of before before we opened up, we had a couple of threesomes. And I think what we learned about, like, what, what we learned during those threesomes, and it, you know, this, it was just like a few times that my husband and I have amazing nonverbal communication there. It was, I mean, it was just like crazy, like debriefing with him later because there was times during the event where we would make eye contact with each, each other and be able to like, you know, is this okay with you? Are you sure you're okay with this? Yeah, this is fine with me. Is this okay with you? We were able to do all of that without the words. And so, um, and afterwards, we would always make sure and talk, like talk extensively about how it went, how how we felt about it, how, you know, if there was anything that maybe we we didn't know if we'd want to try that again. And um, yeah, so I think I think a big part of it was is just like a really strong nonverbal communication and just support of each other and each other's boundaries. That's awesome. So that's considered since it's open, like a swinger type of relationship, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so. Have you two ever like considered being a uh, polygamous? 
No. So uh, the, the way I don't know, I don't know a lot about poly relationships. So I won't, I'm, I'm not, you know, I won't say that I'm coming from a place of expertise or anything like that, but my experience, or at least from what I gather with poly relationships is oftentimes there are emotions in Uh, we we lost your sound. We lost your sound. Capable of separating sex. Oh, we, lo we lost your sound feelings. for like. We lost your sound and for like. So, um, because of that, like, I don't, I, I don't think either of us run the risk of like, you know, developing feelings for anybody else. So we're right. happy with the way that our our emotions and feelings for one other for one another are very much contained to the two of us. And then our relationships with other people are, you know, solely sexual. And that's something that I always try to be upfront about when I am like, you know, if I'm on like dating apps, like looking, you know, you know looking to meet guys or girls or whoever, um, just making sure they're aware, like, this is not ever going to be like an emotional, um, an emotionally involved thing. And if, you know, if, if that's what you're looking for, you know, you should move on. <laughs> so absolutely. Absolutely. Well, how about this? How about we get into our first foot marshal? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're like on slow mo, I think. I can't hear you. On slow mo. Like really low. All right, hold on. Let's, let's see. Can everybody hear me? Could I get a pulse check in the comments right now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, no, it's not working. No? Okay, all right, let's see here. Because I can hear me just fine. Let me get a pulse check in the comments, kid. Everybody hear me. Okay, everybody can hear me. Okay. One it's second. just like... It's just like really, really low pitched and like slow. So I think I don't know how that happened. Okay. Let's see. All right, everybody. Intermission, real quick. We'll be right back. <laughs> She can't stay there, folks. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. Um, 
I love it when we have these technical difficulties on the podcast. And this shows like real, real, uh, you know, we got what it takes to make it happen live. Wow, we got a bunch of people. Can you hear me now? Audio. <laughs> Perseverance, everybody. That's what this is. It's all good. We, we edit these parts out. It's all good. Can you hear me okay. now? Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm sorry. It is all good. Everybody's chilling. I can see the engagement is still up. <laughs> Everybody's having a good time. What's up, everybody? Okay. So I'm using, I'm so sorry. Let's see. I have to go back to the link on my feet. You're good. You're good. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I'm going from my computer. All righty. All right. (laughs) Everybody said we're chilling. We're chilling. (laughs) While while we set that up, everybody, this is what we're going to do. Oh, what? We, we got the foot cam back. Boom. I muted it. It just has no, it's blank. So, and then just turn that one all the way down the, the, the foot cam. <laughs> but it's still black. Why is it black? Oh, it's. So you, we, you're not so, able to anything from my foot cam correct no so this is what i'll do i'll I'll, i'm gonna kick it and then come back in and um just like so (laughs) clear the the cookies and everything and then come back in and accept the the camera and the audio and then i'll mute the audio okay yep i'm gonna do some shout outs in the comments right quick everybody in the comments Drop a comment if you're here watching live. We're getting uh, uh, the foot cam back set up. Shout out to K Dog. Shout out to Avalon. Oil to Dino, man. I know I'm going to ask her your question. I promise. TK. What's up, TK? <laughs> no apologies needed. He said, it's like a math equation. It really is. It really is. Shout out to Adrian Monk. He said, we're chilling. Absolutely. Shout out to uh, Hassam. Hassam always in here. Dakota James. What up? What up? What up? Uh, looks like we're back. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, she, she, can you hear me? I told you we always figure it out, everybody. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. Joe, what up? What up? What up, everybody? So uh, let's do our first book. Right. Let's, let's do this again because we're going we're gonna to edit that other part out. So, uh, Math McKinnon, how about our first foot, Marshall? Perfect. Boom. So, everybody watching right now, smash that like button because it helps the channel. And if you're listening to this on Apple, leave that review. If you're listening and watching this on Spotify, make sure you leave that review. If you're a potential sponsor for the podcast, make sure you 
give your boy a holler. I will send you the information needed. Let's get back into it. All right. Now, where were we? We were talking about. <laughs> no, no, you're all good. You're all good. You know, uh, things happen during a podcast and sometimes doing a uh, over the net podcast, you know, that kind of stuff happens. But we were talking about monogamy and po- uh, polygamy and, and all those things and um, very, very interesting topics. And I'm glad that we covered all those things. But I want to get more into your personal foot fetish. Like, what is it about the foot that like drives you crazy now? So... I feel like this is like an interesting question because I feel like for so long I was only exposed to the concept of like my feet being worshipped or, or whatever, using my feet for someone else's pleasure. So I, it took me some time to realize as I was starting to grow and like start networking with other models that it actually was like a really like sexually arousing thing for me too. And I think when I, I really truly realized it was like when I started like worshiping other girls feet and I was like, okay, this is actually like extremely arousing. And like, um, I don't know that there's like, I, I know that a lot of foot fetishists have a particular part of the foot that they like best, you know, their souls guy or toes guy or whatever they, you know, and, and for me, it's, it's never been about that. And there's not, there's not like a particular type of feet that I'm super attracted to. There's definitely like, you know, there's of course like some feet that I think are more attractive than others, but it could be, you know, short toes with, you know, meaty soles, or it could be long toe. Like it's, it's all over the board. And I don't, I don't know what exactly it is about feet that I love, but I do find myself getting like, you know, really, um, lost in passion when I, when I make foot foot fetish content with other people where I'm, you know, able to engage with their feet. So. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. It, it could be like the the pheromones, maybe the pheromones uh, within the smell of the feet. You know, they actually put uh, w- like natural women pheromones and perfumes or what have you to attract guys to women. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so <laughs> I that's guess funny that you say that because um, so <laughs> I was working with a friend recently, a very close friend of mine, and we were making an armpit fetish video. And the reason that we were doing that was because it was requested. It was something that someone had requested, but, but I also knew like, you know, I think I have a, a, a pretty substantial number of fans who have that fetish as well. And I have that fetish as well. Um, and so like the first thing she, cause she does not have that fetish. And so she was like, I just need to understand this fetish a little bit more. Cause we're making this video together. Like, can you, you know, tell me what you find, like, what, what is it that you like about armpits? And I said, like, I, I fully think it's like a pheromones thing. Like, I think, you know, like that's just like a part of our body where there's, you know, sometimes a little bit of scent, sometimes some sweat. Um, And, and yeah. And, and I think it just brings out a a feral component that we all have like deep inside of us, like these Mm -hmm. kind of fetishes, like, you know, it's, it's, it's animalistic in a way, but um, so that's kind of how I, I tried to explain it to her when we made that video. Do you encourage those who find certain fetishes like kind of crazy to like just give it a try because you never really know? You yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, I I think I'm all for exploring as long as um, you know. Obviously, everyone's only engaging in activities that are legal and consensual. 
Um, but I think especially in relationships, something that comes up a lot, I think people, you know, people will come to me and say like, oh, you know, I have this fetish that I really want to explore. And my, my partner just thinks I'm disgusting and can't believe I'm into that and all this, you know, with a lot of like shame associated with it. And that makes me really sad because I think, you know, again, as long as it's legal and consensual, like, you know, people should not be shamed or embarrassed about what they're into. But I also think like, it's kind of your role in a relationship in a, you know, in a committed relationship with someone, I think it's kind of your role at the very least to just think about their fetish. Think about what they're asking. Maybe just consider it. And I'm not asking you to indulge them. I'm just asking that you at least process it because I think a lot of people are just terrified of anything that's taboo. And then it makes people with, you know, fetishes feel really, really bad. And um, so, yeah, I just, I just think that that's, I, I wish that more couples were like that and able to openly communicate about what they're in they're into without feeling like their you know their husband or wife is going to shame them or, or make them feel bad about it right right no that makes total sense right there um i got a question about when you do your collabs is there ever like an awkward moment before a collab or is there like a process that you have to do before you do a collab like is there a hangout process a filling out process or like yeah. what do you do about that So with collabing, I've done it enough times now that the process almost like refines itself a little bit each time because you, you know, you kind of learn from your experience and then you, you know, move on and, and take what you learn from that and apply it. But um, in thinking about summer collabs, I think just one thing that I've started doing is just trying to get information from each individual on what their boundaries are and then make sure that that once they do vocalize their boundaries it needs we need to stick to that um because i know that collabs are there's a lot going on there's a lot of people usually there with all different boundaries like i am on one end of the scale why do just about as extreme of content as there is and then there's you know and I've worked with models who don't do nudity and and that's totally fine and there's nothing wrong with that and we have very we've been able to successfully make content together because uh you know we're we're vocal about that but but I have been trying to be very proactive about gathering people's boundaries in advance just so because I feel like people need to be very introspective in order to really figure out what their boundaries are and I just want to make sure that everyone that I work with has done that you know, kind of personal mental work to figure out, okay, what is it that I'm going to be comfortable with here? Um, So yeah, I think just, just getting more and more um, just, I know it's annoying. I know people don't want to like have to talk about what all their boundaries are, but like, it's, it's super, super important in order to, you know, functionally do collabs. I feel like this is very educational for those who are, you know, thinking about getting into some kind of content creation world that involves, um, you know, this kind of work or what have you. But I want to know a little bit about like your boundaries when it comes to certain customs, because I know there's a huge giantess community that likes to see crushing, bug crushing, some kind of animal crushing. Like, what do you feel and how do you feel about those kind of things? Um, Live crushes are absolutely a no go for me. Um, I think that it is pretty much, it is, now I'm not going to say it's extremely common knowledge, but I think it's pretty common knowledge across the community that 
um, live crushes are, you know, I, I think a lot of people do not think that's an appropriate type of content to do. And I 100% agree on that front. And I think one of the, and I'm sure you've probably heard this before, but I think one of the worst things is that oftentimes fans will um, intentionally go to models who are brand new to the community because they don't, they don't have that information about what's, you know, kind of deemed okay and what's deemed not okay and, and take advantage of their newness in order to get them to do things that maybe later they would be like, Oh crap. Like I didn't, I didn't know that that was like, not, not an okay thing to do, but yeah, absolutely no go on the live crushes. Um, my, like, you know, like I said, like my, my boundaries are pretty far in terms of, you know, at least what I'll do with other individuals, like engaging with other men or engaging with other women, but I don't do live crushing. Um, I don't do like scat, any kind of scat content, bestiality content, um, race play. Those are basically, you know, the big, the big ones that are 100% off the table for me. I'm glad that I like can totally relate with everything you just said, because I have some kind of moral confliction, just killing a spider in the house. When I see one, I'm like, fuck man, like, dude, I don't want to hurt you. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like, at right now it's me or you like i don't know you might be poisonous um <laughs> that's so true <laughs> right I mean, so I, i'm not one of those people like you know i'm all for like you know if you can save it rather than killing it like great but like you know i've killed i've killed spiders in my life and and you know i know some people are very very extreme with that um mm-hmm. but just i think there's a difference between doing it you know occasionally in your personal life just to like get a pest out of your business versus doing it on camera, you know, to make a profit. There's, you know, those are two completely different things. So, all right. Completely going in another direction. Now, what are like some messages that you feel like you would want to give like the, the, the footboy community they, you know, that's what, you know, everybody calls them footboys or what have you like some of the like main things that trigger you to set you off that you wish they wouldn't do. So I would say the biggest one that I come across, um, one of the biggest ones that I come across is I think a lot of times when people order a custom video, they think it's beneficial for them to do a very, very detailed and lengthy script because they think the more detail I can give her, you know, the more she'll know what I'm looking for and, and, you know, she won't need to have to try to think of it on her own. And I, I, I'm not speaking for all models, but I know I'm speaking for plenty because I, you know, I I have a lot of friends. My best work comes when I do have creative freedom. Like if I'm given a, a, a custom video with a 13 page script, my, my creativity is going to be disrupted because I will say something and then I'll have to think, oh crap, what did he want me to say next? And then I'll have to pause, go look at what I'm doing go, you know, and then come back to it. So there's, there ends up being a bunch of breaks in the video. Um, and then it, it just disrupts my flow. It disrupts my arousal. Like I, you know, if I'm trying to be, you know, if I, if I want to be aroused and really get lost and, you know, in filming for someone having, having to stop so often to look back at what I'm supposed to be doing is really, I, I think it has a very negative impact on my content. So what I would say is that if you, like, if you're looking for something authentic, like, a paragraph please like tell me tell me what the big those big ticket items are that you absolutely have to have in the video and let me run with it because i think like when i watch my content back as i'm editing where i am able to have that creative freedom i'm so much more impressed with just everything about it really so i would say probably that <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I mean, that is a very, very descriptive, um, you know, message to give to everybody. And I think that like there's so much to learn in this community. You know, it's it's still a taboo community that like even a lot of the profiles uh, that follow whatever social media you may have, like there's still like no picture people. And, you know, like there's just so much to learn. And I think that the more, you know, this continues, the more people are going to you know, really figure it out. And, you know, I like that about it, but you can see it in mainstream media too. Like, like the whole foot fetish world and kink world is just like really blowing up. And then there's always been like little, you know, in the windows inside of movies and what have you, but like, they're really starting to like, you know, get on top of it. And it's just becoming more normal in my opinion. So, you know, I, I watched recently, like I was on TikTok and I wasn't even in foot talk I was just on like in you know the regular and there was a very very popular comedian who was interviewing a porn star with another popular comedian and the other popular comedian you know admitted to having a foot fetish and then the porn star like took off her shoe or whatever like on the it was on a, on their podcast and it was it made me so happy to see something being normalized but not even on foot talk like on foot talk it's one thing because that's where you know i feel like that's where everybody wants us to be like wants wants us you know foot foot fetishes to stay in this little spot on tiktok but then to see it on you know mainstream tiktok was like yay like people are talking about it like it just makes me really happy um, but I think, you know, the, the drawback to the sudden, you know, increased popularity and, and widespread um, just recognition of the fetish, I guess, is, um, is, of course, how a lot of people want to join this community because they think it's easy money. Mm. And when that happens, there, there are so many issues that happen with that. Number one, it really it reflects poorly on models as a whole because you know, each time a, a girl joins the community, but then, you know, either scams her fans or, you know, does, does these things that, you know, would not fall in line with what my goals are as a content creator, it can really leave a bad taste in people's mouth about even buying content at all. Um, you know, and, and it also is like a huge slap in the face to models who either do this part-time or full-time who do like have an understanding of how much it takes. Like, this is not like, like I work, way more than 40 hours a week you know what I mean and I think uh, I think you know people just don't people don't understand that like you know and people don't even understand like when you see a video like you know if it could be it could appear like a low effort video but I can almost guarantee there's seven lights set up there's all you know all the thought went into framing it making sure the background looked okay and I just I think people forget that I think they think oh all I have to do is like set up set my phone and show my feet great but like (laughs) that's not, that's not what it is. And so I just think it's, I don't know. I think it's important for people to recognize that there, there is a lot more that goes into this job than people immediately see as consumers. Yeah. One thing that I noticed though, like with the models who are obviously solely doing it for money is that they end up fading away at a certain point because, you know, they realize that there is so much more that you have to do than to just take pictures and then, you know, sell them on uh, through through your DMs or whatever. Because once that uh, Instagram gets deleted or whatever, you're like, they're like, damn, I got to restart that. I forget it, whatever. Um, or, or they realize that there's like so many demands and requests and just a lot of online bullying, too, actually, in this community that happens. And, you know, I know. I'm sure you experienced that as well, like in your DMs, because like, tell me about your DMs, like how crowded is your DMs? 
my DMs are very crowded. And I think, um, uh, so I, I mentioned this to you, but my most established following, at least in terms of free socials is Reddit. And I think that's really good because I think, I think a lot of girls who, who try to do solely on Instagram are doing a huge disservice to themselves because of the way that Instagram discriminates against sex workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I, you know, because I think, I think while Reddit is a great, is an amazing, beautiful place. It's also just a breeding ground for assholes. <laughs> and, um, and so I get, you know, I've gotten some very, very disturbing messages. And, um, and, you know, when I, I think when I first started doing this job, I like remember one of the first like troll messages that I got and it was something like, you know, something about like, Oh, like, you know, you look like you like just came out of the trailer park or something like that. And it made me, it made, I was so angry because I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, do you know how educated I am? Like, you know, I was like, I I was just like, it just made me so mad because like it, it, you know, and, and it was funny that was so long ago. And like, now I've gotten way worse and it like, doesn't even like the most it crosses my mind is just to like put them on blast on my story to like make other people laugh and move on. You know, it's just, it's, it's the nature of the biz, unfortunately, and necessary evil. So for models watching and listening to this right now, what would your advice be to them on how to, you know, train their minds to avoid and ignore those kind of messages? One of my favorite things to do is to creep on the person who said it, because oftentimes you can find out something about them that will make you feel really good about yourself. (laughs) Um, Just because it seems like the ones who are saying the meanest things are the ones that are the shittiest humans and um you know you, you like it, it, it just remind yourself that they they literally set out to ruin your day so if you let them ruin your day you you know they won and they what they're what they're the words the context of the words that they said is nothing true about you it literally was just them trying to find the meanest thing that they could say to hurt you so yeah so all you online trolls out there I don't want to say the f bomb because you two might, uh, but yeah, man, f f you guys. Well, let's uh, let's get into a footmercial and then we'll uh, get into some fun questions. I got some fun stuff for you because we were talking about the music genres that you like, and I want to get into some uh, fun talk on the times because there was some good shit out back like 10, 20 years ago. Anyways, let's do this. So if you're watching this right now, I highly encourage you to smash that like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I do want everybody to know, too, that these videos are now on Spotify as well. So you can listen and watch on Spotify, too. And leave that review, man. We got Matt McCann. Let's let's, let's do some uh, more shout outs in the comments. Let's get some fire in the comments. Let's do some shout outs. We got the Empire. We got the Luis. The Luis? What up? Elite Fishery. What up, man? Somebody. Someone says, can she spread her toes far? I don't know. We got we to find out. Oh, shit. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Kill Switch. Shout out Kill Switch. Christopher Holtz. Shout out to all of you. Remember, man, that super chat is available too if I haven't uh, shot you out. 
All right. So, Matthew Kitten, I got some fun questions for you. Who is your celebrity crush? Right now, Zendaya. Oh, I like her too. Damn, that leads me to something I wanted to ask you. Do you consider yourself like bi or? Yes, I am fully bisexual. That's awesome. Shout out to the LGBTQ community. Yeah, shout out to you guys. I hope you all know that this podcast supports you. I like Zendaya too. So you enjoyed Euphoria, I'm assuming. Yeah, <laughs> I like her for a lot of reasons. I just think she's like, she's very talented. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, she's, she's wonderful. I, but I, know go she's... Through, I go through phases, like I'll fixate on one person that I'll have a crush on and then, you know, move on to the next. All right. And so give me, give me one more person. Oh gosh. See, I, right now my head is stuck on women. I can't like, I can't, I'm, I'm having a hard time switching, trying to think of like men that I'm attracted to. Okay. Well, Zendaya is a really good choice. I like that one right there. That, that's awesome. And so when we were talking about uh, the the genres of music and everything that you were into, you got me thinking about like what was popular, you know, like 15 years ago and what have you. And, and so reality TV was really big back in the day. Were you a real world person or a Jersey Shore person or both? I was a neither person. So I like I had a really weird childhood because um I didn't really have television or video games growing up um so it was really strange like as I like you know turned 18 and like moved out and then I felt like I had to consume all of this media that I had like missed like through my youth so it's kind of bizarre word oh wow so there there was like a a real like blank spot at a certain time in your life yeah so like, so it seems like you're like one of the most confident people I've ever met in my life. Was there ever, and I'll ask this question for those out there that, you know, might be, you know, struggling with something mentally. Like, was there ever a time in your life when you were like insecure in any kind of way? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I will say right now, like, um, you know, before I jump into that, I think something should be said for the fact that I do feel like I am very confident in a lot of aspects of my life, but I also think that one of my biggest strengths is appearing confident. So I don't know that I think a lot of people see me and think I'm just this, like, I must be this the most confident being in the entire world, but that could not be, you know, further from the truth. I think I have, I absolutely have insecurities just like everybody else. In fact, um, I, so for a long time, I for actually for three years of doing this job, I didn't show my face. I was a faceless model. I showed, you know, just parts of my face and and kept it, um, you know, anonymous sort of. And a, a big part of that was because of my corporate job that I had previous to this. But then after I quit that job, I continued to be faceless. And and a big part of why it took me so long to show my face was that was insecurity. So um, so even, you know, if, if you guys are looking at whether it's, you know, a friend or a model or just somebody in the world that you think like, wow, like, I just wish I could be as confident as that person. I can promise you there is something that, you know, probably m- multiple things that they every, you know, every day they think about and, and wish they could change about themselves. 
Oh my gosh. Remember I told you like 20, 25 minutes ago that you keep on nailing everything that I'm about to bring up next. Like the segues are being created by the mathematician right now. And I got to say, a mathematician solves problems. And the mathematician is literally proving that right now is that she is solving any kind of segue that I need to create. She's doing it for me. So I wanted to ask you about the face reveal that was going to come next, actually. So that's interesting that all of those things and, you know, stemmed from the, the whole face reveal. So when that moment came, because that was not too long ago, correct? Yeah, it was in January. So it was just about two months ago. And so when you finally did it, like all of the feedback that you got, like, did it, you know, like, what did that feel like for you? Oh, it, it blew me out of the water. It was, it was, it was so much more overwhelmingly positive than I even expected. Um, and it, I mean, it was a huge, huge confidence boost. And honestly, it was a huge business boost as well, because I think there are like a subset of fans who like, it does not matter how great a girl's content is. If her content doesn't have her face in it, that that's not what does it for them. And I totally get that. I think, you know, a lot of people just need, need a face. And, um, and so I think, where I may, I probably had a lot of people out there that had seen my content, but just hadn't pulled the trigger on subscribing because they, you know, because I was faceless. So the moment that I started showing my full face, I was able to bring them in. And that was, um, you know, that, that obviously was a confidence boost as well to see how many people were like, Oh, this is what she looks like. Okay. Like I'm paying. So yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it makes it more personable when you do, do things like that. And I'm sure once people see this podcast and they get to, you know, hear your voice, see your personality a little bit, get to know more about you, they're going to be like, oh, shit, you know, like subscribe, you know, follow wherever it is that they follow, because, you know, it's that personability that they love and they get to know you. And I'm sure many people listening or watching this right now, they're thinking to themselves, like, damn, I'm kicking it with the math McKinnon right now. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to that. So. That like, I love content creators who feel like they can show parts of their personality as well, because I think, you know, I, all the, the friends that I've made in the community have been because I felt like when I first saw their content or when I first saw them, you know, posting on their story or whatever, there were bits of their personality that I could see that I felt like I jived with. And I think, you know, some, some girls feel like they just need to push out content and never reveal anything about what, you know, what's important to them, what their values are, what, you know, what, what excites them. Like those, those types of things I just feel like are so crucial. Like, I think that the fact that I am, that I, that I do like to show my personality to my fans, like makes them feel so much more connected to me. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I just had, I just had these thoughts in my head right quick. I want to uh, just re uh, retrace back to the whole, um, like the, the confident and the insecurity thing. Did you by any chance see the Kanye West documentary on Netflix? No, I didn't. And I did it. I, I did it again. I said documentary. I say the word so wrong and everybody always corrects me. It's documentary. <laughs> documentary. Okay. 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 Um, he said, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. He said that because you said, you, you said that you appear as like, you know, one of the most confident people out there. Uh, Pharrell, the music producer, Pharrell, for all of you who don't know who that is, he, he made the song happy. 
Most people probably know who he is. Most people probably know who Kanye West is. Anyways, he says to Kanye, and this was while he was on his way, you know, trying to make it in the industry. He said, you got what it takes. But he said, like, don't ever, like, get too above yourself. The moment you stop doubting yourself is when you're done. So, like, when you're, like, into content creation and things of that sort, like, or, 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 or have some kind of insecurity, just remember, like, that's okay to have some kind of, like, doubt. Just keep proving yourself wrong and just keep persevering, you know, trying to be the better person than you were the day before. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? I think, yeah. And I think the biggest, one of the biggest detriments to running a business is complacency. I think as soon as we get complacent and feel like we've done what we set out to do, then there's no drive to move, to keep growing and keep moving forward. That's a, that's an awesome statement right there. Let's uh, go ahead and get into a foot marshal. And then I want to talk about all of the places that people can find you. Sound good? Boom. Oh, I took I, I, the classical music. Oh, snap. I like it, though. Once again, everybody smash that like button. And um, man, Math McKinnon is super awesome, man. I'm super honored to have her on the podcast. If you're watching this right now and you're interested in being on the podcast, holler at me. Don't be shy. Shout out Alex Greenwood. Kill Switch again. I'll see you guys in the comments. I think you being on this podcast right now, it just shows that you're truly dedicated to your craft and you understand that publicity is promotion and normalizing this is getting out there and being broadcasted about the the type of work that you do. So I truly appreciate that you would be on this podcast. And honestly, it's truly an honor. Is there anything that you would like to tell your fans watching right now? Um, Just like... You know, I think sometimes content creators forget to remember that we would not be here without fans, without our fans. And um, and I think that's sometimes reflected in the way that content creators treat fans sometimes. And I, I've seen, you know, while I've seen some content creators treat fans very nicely, I've also seen the opposite. So I just like, I don't know, like, like if... I think it's just important as models to remind ourselves to be humble because we would not be here without our fans and to everybody who is like tuned into the podcast or following, you know, my only fans or my fansly or even my free socials. Like, thank you because without you, I would not be here. Man, there you have it. Everybody, the math McKinnon on the plenty of feet pod. Well, thank you so much once again for being on this podcast. It's truly an honor. And I hope everybody watching right now goes and follows every one of her socials gets on red oh by the way i'm on reddit now i got to thank you for getting me on reddit yeah um, the final push ah yes yes man because like for so long i i avoided reddit i avoided twitter i avoided like so many of the social media so thank you for getting me on reddit because uh now i'm on there well i think that wraps it up everybody thank you so much math mccann for being on the podcast hopefully we could do it again in the future um, let's end on a foot Marshall and don't go nowhere. I want to holler at you after the podcast. Thank you everybody for watching and we are about to sign out of here.
I know I keep saying it, but smash that like button, everybody. Thank you for watching. I drank like three aha sparkling water, so I got to piss like a Russian racehorse right now. Everybody have a great day. And rewatch this episode like a hundred times. We're out of here.